Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Coming up on Monday's show, sports editor and columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra, Sam McEwen, talking all the latest Husker news. From SB Nation, Ricky O'Donnell will catch us up on the latest basketball tournament picture and anything else that pops up over the weekend. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and we're off and running and off and streaming. Can watch the show as always on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel and also on Twitter at HVarsity Radio for Hale Varsity Radio and ESPN Lincoln. And uh, Facebook there for you as well. With the ESPN Lincoln Facebook and comment on the StreamYard, get to your tweets as well, and uh, of course uh, dive into some emails. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore Radio, or Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence. Uh, find him on Twitter. We'll dive in with some Nebraska basketball and uh, Nebraska taking the number one team in the country, the new number one team in the country. To overtime, some robbery perhaps, and for sure some missed opportunities by the Big Red, but we'll get there. Hall of Fame basketball coach Jeff Smith, longtime Nebraska assistant as well, going to be with us in 20 minutes in hour two. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, get his take on the news of the college football world. And then uh, Brady Altman's uh, going to get him in on a big official visit weekend for Nebraska. Lots of 2023 and beyond prospects, as well as some portal targets. Three commits already for Nebraska today. So Brady with Hale Varsity going to be with us at 525. Uh, phones are there for you to use. If you want, jump in at 466 3776. 466 3776. 800. 825-5865. Before some, uh, some, some reality and some sad news, uh, we got to start with a little humor and a case of mistaken identity. Uh, my general manager called me into her office. Uh, Elijah was flanked by my side, and she casually asked me if I was at Taco Bell on West O., Saturday at, what, midnight? Uh, this would have been just after 9 p.m. Oh, okay. So before the, the midnight uh, deadline, it was <laughs> it was 9 p.m. Man, that's early to tie one on, Well, yeah, allegedly. So, so a, a caller called into Lincoln Police uh, just after 9 and advised that a 53-year-old male uh, later found to be not Christopher 50, Schmidt. Yes, not 53 yet. But later found to be Christopher Schmidt broke the restaurant exterior door with a metal rod. Uh, two employees... Lucas Smith and Caleb Bumgardner uh, attempted to make him leave. He refused, uh, at which point they began assaulting him with an aluminum broomstick and one of the restaurant's Alleged. metal chairs. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Uh, and uh, police came in and all three were arrested. 
but uh, we we have found that it was not one Chris Schmidt. It was one Christopher Schmidt. So middle name is important. Mm-hmm. His being Troy. Troy. Mine being James. I was probably in bed or watching hoops or something uh, at 9 p.m. on on Friday or make it Saturday. Uh, I was doing basketball uh, shortly before 9 p.m. Friday. Saturday, I did not go out because I got the uh, the evil look from Mama because I didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> you got sweatpants on, you know, you're, you're wearing a T-shirt. Like, I'm good. I'm just going to go watch basketball. I'm going to crawl into bed. Um, so and I, that I, was not me. And I think they got that. Then you talk about open on, on your neck of the woods now, so you don't have to drive all the way to Westo. No. I've been through the drive through many, many times with Junior, uh, and he always wants to see if he can max my debit card out. Well, there is something special about that Westo Taco Bell. I'm not sure it's worth a trip for me all the way to Westo. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody in Lincoln it is. It still has that old 90s look on the inside. They haven't ah, renovated bright it. colors. Where, yeah, it's got like the... Uh, the the pastel like pink and blue weird designs all over the restaurant so if that's what you're into if you if you miss mm-hmm. that 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 you know feel from the past that blast from the past go check out taco mm-hmm. bell and westo and don't bring any metal rods metal chairs or attempt to break in the after doors hours. are locked to do the drive-through <laughs> yes simple as that i i that sounds like a, a conversation with our dear friend mike leach oh. late night drive-throughs and tacos in West Texas. Um, it's been just awful, awful sad, right, with uh, the news on Coach Mike Leach, uh, the latest uh, critical condition for the Pirate, uh, and uh, reports earlier today from the Clarion Ledger out of Mississippi, he suffered a heart attack. Uh, you have a little bit more in-depth from John Canzano, well-respected radio and, and print man uh, out to, in Oregon. We talked to John, I think, a few years back uh, because of his relationship with, uh, with, with Mike Riley and, and John Consano. Consano really close with, with Coach Leach, and that's, that's just it. There's so many people in this world that Coach Leach spent time with, gave his time. If you're a new reporter, if you're a weather guy in Lubbock, if you're a high roller and award winner like John Canzano or Bruce Feldman, award-winning author, or Lars Anderson down in Alabama, I mean, Mike Leach was there for the, 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 the air quote heavyweights, but Mike Leach took time to just be an awesome, awesome dude, always taking time. And we are absolutely heartbroken with this news and uh, just, I'm in absolute shock. He is still with us and we're praying for him and his family. And that's what I ask you to do is just pray for him and his family for recovery. Uh, With John's story that's up on Twitter, he just kind of laid out a, a few things here with, with Coach Leach that he had been suffering. He is su- suffering with, with heart failure, fluid around his heart and his lungs. Pirate battled some pneumonia and uh, that persistent hacking and coughing. And when we talked to him on Thursday, he had some hacking and coughing, but he was his normal, jovial, funny, irreverent, just beautiful self. And 
the the talks with the pirate over the years we've been so blessed and then that's just mike leach and then our old buddy mike schaefer sent out a really heartfelt tweet earlier today and i love you Schaefer. thanks for doing that 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 leach loved talking to people he liked doing the 60 minutes thing he loved doing he loves doing uh things for people or talking to the barista the thing that's so funny when we talk with the pirate is what else has he got going on besides the earbuds and phone besides the interview and what the pirate does is multitask he could be in the can he could be walking to practice at washington state could be on his <laughs> he could be on his uh, his paddleboard in the lake in, in mississippi yeah, he was walking along the beach drinking a cup of cuban coffee one time whenever we called him down in key west yeah and and just love him love him love him love him and um this is a sad moment this is a serious moment and we pray that the the doctors and healthcare professionals uh can get him to to have a full recovery um the reality with john canzano's story again uh pirate found unresponsive uh for about 10 to 15 minutes on his sofa and uh they worked to sedate him stabilize his condition and then they they got him to the only trauma one center in mississippi and that's where where he's at so we love you coach leach and thinking about you and your family man and and just keep fighting partner for us um so that is that uh that um one quick quick thing I'd like to, to throw in here is the fact that what's really phenomenal about the past couple of days with Mike Leach is for all his accomplishments that he has made on the football field, people are remembering him over the past couple of days because of how he treated people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was one of the originators of the air raid offense, really came in and changed football for the better, but that's not what people are, are chiming on Twitter about with their memories of Mike Leach. It's not about what it was in the football field, who he was off the field. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how people are going to remember you in your life. It's not about what you do, but it's how, how you treat people, how you make people feel, and and and, and that is your legacy. And, and Mike Leach's legacy, if if the reports we're hearing are true, is that of a guy who always made time for people, always made people feel special, mm-hmm. and was just constantly working to uh, to have a heart for other people, and I think that's what made Mike Leach so phenomenal. Is he, he was one of those those big time coaches, larger than life, but he never was too never big, big time to anybody. He was no, never never too big time to to have a conversation with somebody, somebody on the street, even so many people with with special memories of Mike Leach in that way. And I've been enjoying reading the, the memories of Mike mm-hmm. Leach because that's who Mike Leach was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the football to him; it was about the the relationships and about the people, and and he lived that every single day. The outpouring of love for the pirate. Keep mm-hmm. that outpouring going for for the pirate. Uh, thoughts and prayers still in critical condition, but uh, we're thinking about the pirate. Thinking about coach. We'll spend some time here in about ten minutes with uh, Jeff Smith, and just one more thing about coach. Um, you know, and there's a lot of listeners and and friends that have just texted and and like I, I'm in I'm in shock. I'm not family. I've been lucky enough to get to do what I love for a lot of years. Been lucky enough to have him respond to a request and chitter chatter off air. Uh, every time we talk, it's hey, how's Junior? <laughs> 
He uh, asks about Carson. So you, you pinch yourself that a guy of his magnitude <laughs> gets back to you and gets back to you at 3 a.m. and talks to you about Key West and uh, two friends that, that really made his day before we left for Ireland, uh, Jeff Erickson and Jay Bird, Jay Erickson. I, I always love sending the Pirate some of Nebraska's best steaks. It's a thank you. It's a thank you of... Bro, you've done interviews with me since 2009. Anytime I ask, no worry, sure, yeah. And, and he's done that with a lot of people because he's that, that great a guy. And I love sending him either beef jerky or, or Nebraska steak because you know, he, he's a steak eater. So <laughs> one uh, last time we sent him steak, I think, was in the spring, and the company we used didn't put enough dry, <laughs> dry ice in what they sent him. <laughs> <laughs> and he te- he called me up. He's like, Schmidt, uh, thanks for your thought, brother, but the the, the meat was rotten. We got. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I'm I'm so sorry. Let me let me get this fixed. Let me get you some more scent. And he's like, but it turned out okay because there's a guy down the street we don't like. We just put it in his dumpster. <laughs> 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 guy goes out to put his trash in and there's you know eight ribeye that are just beastly so uh, jeff erickson and 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 jay erickson jay bird we love you jeff you too got some real nebraska western nebraska steak we, we got to send to him and uh before uh before we left for ireland and of course we got his what should we go do in Ireland? And he's like, well, you got to have a Guinness. Yeah, coach, that, that's on our list to, to do. And, and we, we did. But that story is great. Just how he, 2009 Texas Tech game, Nebraska's playing Tech. And that's how I first met him, uh, just doing post game for Fox Sports and hit it off. You want to get a beer and a burger? Sure, coach. You got time. So that was like my first experience with him. And then he and Jack Aroot worked on Sirius XM. And the, the year he was out of coach, and I was lucky enough to start back here at ESPN. Me and uh, partner, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm free. I'm not coaching. So do you care if I come on? Yeah, you can come on. <laughs> Every Thursday till uh, a guy named Bill Moose found him at Hemingway's Bar in uh, Key West, said, how about you come back and coach some college football at Washington State? And he did. And then he went to Mississippi State. And another thing that's special is um, last game I ever, ever got to watch with my father was that Mississippi State LSU upset during COVID. So I have so much love and fond memories of my dad. And uh, the last time we got to crack a beer and watch football was watching the Pirate. And right after the ball game, you send him a hell of a way and you just took down the defending national champs. He's like, yeah, I think we'll be pretty good, dot, (laughs) dot, dot. How's Nebraska? You know, I just love the guy. Uh, Thinking about him and his family 
And uh, when you hit your knees tonight, think of the pirate, please. Uh, email, get that in at chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, we'll spend some time and, and shift gears and uh, talk uh, some Nebraska basketball. Fred and his kids are fighting, fighting, fighting. Uh, and they almost had uh, a, a monster upset. Not enough juice offensively, but man, you, you love the effort. You love the fact the defense will travel. And the reality with Nebraska basketball this year with Fred and his crew, they are going to be a problem for almost everybody. If they can do that to Purdue, they may not win them all, but they're going to be in most of them. And that's a tribute to Fred and his crew. Husker Hoops Thoughts. We'll get into recruiting at Tail Varsity. And we're presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Christian Elijah Herba. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith. And a longtime assistant at Nebraska. Coach, what a, a weekend of basketball. And uh, I was looking through the, the Big Ten press release today. And the Big Ten always kind of lays out their uh, weekly awards. And for some reason, I don't see team MVP for Ohio State, for Purdue, or for Wisconsin, the, the same officiating crew. <laughs> <laughs> that had some controversial, uh, dare we say, calls or miscalls. Uh, Fran still turning beat purple. How are you, uh, Coach? Good. Yeah, you know, you wonder if some of those guys are working too many games almost, and they kind of like three in a know, week. Yeah, lose focus, or I don't know. It's there were some tough calls. You know, there was a tough one in the Nebraska game. Obviously, probably an anticipation call. I've seen the baseline, Ohio State, when you, you see that along the baseline quite a bit called in basketball where they'll run out of bounds going baseline, come in and catch it. Um, saw that quite a bit, and, but not too much running down the sideline in that situation. I, I just probably one that, that the officials just kind of caught them off guard or they just didn't, you know, maybe they were watching the ball, and, and I don't know. It, that was a tough one, though. And you, That's where you wonder – you know, like they review every every touchdown. Do, do you review those late game situations after the buzzer goes off on an, any controversy at all? Do you hold them on the court and review that? You know. Well, let's talk bigger picture and Nebraska's effort and just intensity. It looked like it was good night, Irene, with Purdue up fourteen, and then. Kisei and company uh, just won't go away. A 10-0 run for Nebraska. They force overtime. They had their chances, four offensive rebounds, one possession. And then the the call everyone's talking about, of course, is the, the, the phantom grab that led to, to, to two free throws and the eventual win for, for Purdue. Nebraska's defense coach did enough to – keep him in the game the the offense didn't do enough to to win the game uh, and uh, you know it, it it's tough for nebraska fans but the i guess the silver lining is pba sounded like pba again and uh, if you're if you're fred and company you can take this uh this effort with confidence but you gotta gotta build from it 
Yeah, you got to talk about their defense, and that's that's where you can be the most consistent on the floor. But they are they're not giving up layups in in transition. They're running the floor back and building the wall. They're, they've been in stances to watch Vandemel up on the point guard and, and take kind of getting him out of the middle of the floor. And uh, their stances are fantastic. You know their communication's good because they're handling the screens well on balls and all those doubles and their rotations are really sound. And then, you know, they're, they're not giving up extreme amount of offensive rebounds, even against a big team like, uh, like Purdue. And the, the one thing that really was impressive in that game was their, their double on the post, they're rotating from the baseline and they're getting there when the ball gets there. And they got him, they got Edie off balance a few times and forced some turnovers because he was off balance. And that was a really impressive rotation and game plan. And I thought Walker and company just did a great job on, you know, one of the leading scorers in the country. Coach Jeff Smith is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, the defense was impressive, but it was Kisei Tominaga that was going to get the headlines following that game with uh, that, that heat check pull-up three to, to uh, bring the Huskers within one and then the, uh, the, the three-pointer to tie it just before the buzzer. It was, it was Kisei offensively, a whole perform, our whole team performance defensively. Though. But why don't you speak for a second on Kisei? He's a guy that, you know, maybe a streaky shooter, whenever he gets hot, it doesn't feel like there's really been anyone in Nebraska history that can knock down the three with as much consistency as he does. That is once he gets hot. Yeah, he's he's a little streaky, but it seems like he's gaining confidence. And and there, you know, from the bench, he's getting that absolute green light, which always helps the shooter. But I I like his enthusiasm. I think PBA needs that. I think that team needs that. I think I think Sam and Derek Walker are steady, mature players, but you know they don't show a lot of emotion. I think he's that guy that can bring emotion to the team. Um, and when he's when he's got it going, I think they've got to run stuff for him. They got you know they got to let him go a few more minutes. Um, Wilcher obviously didn't have it the other night. He's been really really up and down. I'd like to see him just in the middle sometime. Mm-hmm. But they had yeah offensively you know they weren't at their best offensively. Besides Casey, you know they they struggled a little bit from the three and and getting some performance. And I thought even though they shot seventy percent from the line, they missed a couple crucial front ends and and then some some of the other guys just missed some threes that I think they've got to knock down to you know to beat a right what is now the number one team in the country yeah well and what I don't think I I saw against Purdue I didn't see panic uh the shots that that were maybe a little questionable went in which is good but for the most part, they were they were pretty poised uh, on offense, and the last you know couple three minutes, uh, both teams had issues scoring the ball. I mean, Purdue was three of fourteen, Nebraska was five of nineteen shooting. So uh, it was a, it was a desert offensively, but but a lot of that had to do with with Nebraska's defensive effort against the Giant, and then Purdue's obviously going to clog that lane up. But I thought Walker was. Just a joy to watch, especially with that offhand, able to beat the the would be uh, misdirection or block when he got going downhill. Uh, Nebraska didn't shoot at all well, obviously thirty percent. But man, coach, what what do you think Nebraska heads to to Kansas City with after after this Purdue ball game? K State's a, a big opportunity there, and Nebraska can get out of the non con here. Very, very respectable. 
Yeah, I think Nebraska, they, I think they just have to keep doing what they're doing and just continue to get reps where, where their shots are coming from in practice. With, with, I love it when Walker gets the ball around the free throw, free throw area because he can drive it. He's a good enough passer. He can distribute. I think that puts a lot of pressure. When, when nobody's help side defensively, that puts a lot of pressure on those, those opponents. And, and he's got an uncanny ability of finishing over bigs, and uh, he just he's able to put a lot of pressure on them. I just I, I and I Coach Hoiberg said it after the game. They had good looks in that game, looks winning looks, but they didn't make the winning shots. And they've just got to knock those down. They've got those those three guys that, especially Sam and and Vandemel, they've got to get up in the thirty percent you know shooting range from the three instead of down the twenties and. That I think that'll put us over the hump because our defense is, cons- is consistent. If they if they keep building on that, and I think I think they know it. I think they know that's what's keeping them games. I I, I looked at the scoreboard. And we're down ten. We're down twelve. But and we're not and we're struggling scoring. But they're we're just not letting them put us away because we just keep competing defensively. But now we've got to just get that offense. Just take a couple more steps in that offensive development and reps in those, where we're getting those shots and, and knock those down. And I'm, I'm anxious to see one of those games where, where Wilcher's knocking them down and Tamanaga's knocking them down. And maybe, maybe Breidenbach comes in and hits one. And, you know, we've been close, but we haven't had quite everybody, you know, rolling at the same time. And they, they, we could beat anybody in the league if we can do that. It's coach Jeff Smith with us here on Hale varsity radio. And, if you put yourself in the shoes of Coach Hoiberg, Jeff, what drills would you be running in practice this week? You had an entire week to get better before you obviously head down to Kansas City and play a, a pretty good Kansas State team. They've only lost once this season. So if you're the, the head man, what drills would you be running in practice this week to get this team all ready to go? Yeah, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do as much game speed shooting under pressure as I can from where they're getting their shots and trying to speed even speed their offense up just a little bit more where they can execute at a high speed to get, you know, to get those, to get those looks and to give guys time to really set and shoot and, and really work on where, where our shots coming from and let's get a ton of reps under pressure. Um, game speed reps is what I'd be working on right now and just keep redefining that defense of what you want to do. I think that's solid, but you can never quit drilling, boxing out and drilling defensive transition and drilling, handling screens. But I, I'm, I'm focusing a lot on the offensive end with, with shooting pressure shots at game speed. Coach, uh, let's spend a minute here on Creighton. We've got uh, about two and a half minutes till we have a hard out, and then we'll bring you back for a little high school chat as well. But Creighton now continues to reel, had a tough one. Uh, against BYU, uh, they got to get right tonight somehow. But what are you seeing with the Blue Jays? Yeah, you know, missing Kalkbrenner in that last game maybe cost them a win there. I, and but but you know they got foul trouble. They didn't adjust the officials very well. Um, they're just not quite on the same page right now. I, I think you know some people are saying maybe they overscheduled. Um, They've had a tough schedule. It's hard to recover sometimes if you don't have one of those games in between where you can kind of get healthy. And um, they've they've definitely had a challenging schedule. Uh, but but later on, that may pay off. That they're finding a lot about them, a lot out about themselves, and then they can they can adjust and work and improve. And when when they start shooting the ball just a little better 
you know, and they get Kalkbrenner back. I still think they have potential. But what what they're finding out is when you're a you know, when you're a top ten team, um, you can go you can go watch somebody on TV and they just look okay, but then they play you and they look like a different team. And I think BYU is a great example of that. BYU was five and five going in that game. They'd lost to you know some teams they shouldn't have. And, you know, Grand Canyon and teams like that, well, they, they play you. They know you're a top or were a top 10 team, and they're gonna, you're going to see their best shot. So it's a lot different when you're on that side of it. And I think they've got to, you know, be ready to handle that kind of, kind of performance from opponents. It is that, and you hear coaches talk about it. You hear ADs preach about it. But going from the hunter to the hunted, and it's a whole different mentality of having to um, to to be on every night and and be able to respond to to different challenges. Be it a BYU, it's it's their Super Bowl, so to speak, at least at this point in the season, and uh, it takes a special team to. To, to handle that pressure, but also thrive under it. And, and right now, I think you're right. I think Creighton will be okay. I think they'll figure things out. They'll put a run together. They'll look uh, like they're supposed to look at some point. But there's some growing pains right now with all the uh, the adulation they, they've received. Coach, yeah, hey, they, go ahead. Go, go ahead. If you got a break, we can, we can go after. Yeah, hang on. Respond to that, and then we'll – Get your weekend thoughts uh, with some of the the high school prep action. Good, good weekend to high school basketball. So, Coach Jeff Smith with us, Hall of Famer, longtime uh, Hall of Fame coach with Lincoln Southeast, assistant with Coach Danny Nee, Nebraska basketball. And uh, we'll have a few more minutes with Coach Smith at Tail Varsity. And we're presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes, Jeff Smith with us from Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, uh, and uh, Coach Smith, of course, uh, talking Creighton and their woes. And, Coach, what's a, what's a fair timetable to get out of the funk? I know Coach Mack wants it tonight. Yeah. You know, sometimes it takes a little practice time, to be honest with you, kind of to regroup. I, I was going to say before the break, too, Creighton, Creighton has a lot of players that, that, you know, want and need the ball in their hands. You know, Shireman likes handling the ball. Alexander finished the season so strong last year. I think he's confident that he can do more for the team. Kaluma, you know, NBA is talking about Kaluma. So I think he wants to, there's probably scouts at every game. So they've kind of got to get that under control and really get a feel for, you know, who's, who's going to do what and, and when, you know, and that's not easy to coach sometimes. It's just, Sometimes it just takes a little time to work itself out. And, you know, Kalkbrenner was a, was a focus, and then all of a sudden he's out. And we'll see if he plays tonight. But it, I, think, I think they need some practice time here probably, and, and they, they really don't get much of a break. Heck, they, they, um, they play on Christmas. They play DePaul on Christmas Day, so they don't have a lot of – sometimes you get to play in too many games and you don't get enough practice time to kind of regroup, and I think they need that. Coach, do you have any advice for breaking a shooting slump? I know there's a lot of superstitions in baseball for breaking a slump. <laughs> was it was it was it Giambi that wore the uh, the golden thong underneath the the jersey to break the slump? <laughs> that he did. And then there was like everything from changing bats to, to urinating on bats. There's there's a whole lot of superstitions for breaking a slump. The Moise salute treatment, yes. Yeah, yeah. Any any superstitions for breaking a shooting slump in basketball from you, Coach Smith? I don't know about shoot superstitions, but. 
my thing was if I had a player that was struggling, I, I would just take them one-on-one. You can tell them one thing that they think helps, and sometimes it does, but you can, you can look at a kid and say, you're, you're, you're looking up at the ball way too early. Keep your eyes down on the rim a little longer or the whole time. Then they start seeing it going in, and they think, oh, that's it. That's, that's the key. Coach told me my eyes are going up too early, and they start making a few. You work with them one-on-one. They, you know, they make you shoot 53s, and they make 30 of them. They're feeling good about sometimes it's just a little thing that you can pick out and just help them one-on-one. And they just, it, it's not much between having that confidence that's going in and having that lack of confidence where you just, the, the hole looks too small. And it, it, it's a weird thing. But no, I didn't ever put any, any you know, special underwear on guys or anything like that. Loose <laughs> <laughs> no, Lelouch, no, you know. No live chicken. I, I get it. <laughs> Let's uh, get your thoughts here the weekend of, of high school prep action. Uh, what did you think here? I know Southwest uh, survived Omaha North. I know East had a nice win over Central. And what a finish by Miller North to survive in overtime against Southeast. Yeah, and you called that game. I got to listen to it. Unfortunately, I had to go to a Christmas, my wife's Christmas party. <laughs> I shouldn't say unfortunately. I might get in trouble. But I got to listen to you. And, you know, Southeast just kind of went, their offense went defunct there down mm-hmm. the end. But Sound like a pretty good game. East is actually number one in wild card points right now. That central win got them over the hump. Um, so they're and then Southwest is fifth in wild card. North Star seventh. Southeast is ninth. Lincoln overall right now is nineteen and eight. And I really, I really, we said that at the start of the year. I really feel like it's up trending up for the for the Lincoln schools. And they've all got a, you know pretty good wins under their belt. Um, and they've they've all played a you know fairly good schedule with the preps in the Miller North. But East has prep this weekend and Lincoln High. That's going to be a really good test to see where they are. You know, sometimes it takes some time to really get a feel for where they're at. Southeast is at Gretna, and Gretna's beat a couple Lincoln teams already, Northeast in overtime. And um, Lincoln, like Lincoln High needs that East test to see where they're. they've had a little easier schedule, but, but they're 3-1 and, and and gaining some confidence. And then – Miller North's playing everybody in the Metro, and, and now it's Northeast turn, so that'll be a good one. And then um, and Northeast also uh, – or excuse me, Northeast plays Bell West, and Miller North plays North Star. So, and then Pius has West Side. So there's some great games uh, here in the city with, with the top Metro teams, and we're going to be able to sort a little bit out of where people are after this weekend. You know, you, you get uh, some of your legs back from that football-to-basketball transition, and I know – that's that. That's what we're expecting from West Side and also from from Gretna. And yeah, they're they're going on on the road this weekend or or hosting in, in Gretna's case. But it's you're just wondering when that gap, if that gap would would narrow between the Omaha Metro and and Lincoln Metro. And right now, you got to feel pretty good if if you're a Lincoln basketball fan and. I know that uh, the, the title goes through the Metro the last several state championships. Yeah, you, you do feel much better. I think just talent-wise, you can go watch Southwest and, and Northeast and Southeast and, and just see that the, there's length and size and um, shooting ability, and, and some of it's pretty youthful too. So um, I think it, it feels like all the Lincoln schools can compete with just about anybody. And, you know, Bell West still has that probably a little bit of an edge on people and Gretna coming off a really good year with their toughness. And, you know, those coaches do a great job. But, you know, it's not there's not a very big gap there if, if there is a gap at all. And I think 
I think Lincoln high school basketball is kind of back and, uh, and gaining confidence that they can play with anybody. Jeff Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, Hall of Fame coach for the Southeast Knights, longtime assistant with uh, Nebraska and uh, Coach Nee. Coach, this was awesome. Thanks for making time today and, and jumping on with us to go over some hoops uh, and, and uh, not only at the college level, but, but also the high school realm. And always fun spending time with you. Love it, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you, Coach. There he is, Jeff Smith, with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. I love our Monday chats and uh, really good inside expertise. Coach Smith's uh, as good as it gets. Were, were you uh, were you surprised to see Purdue jump up to number one after what they did on Saturday? It, it's a testament to them that they were able to stick with that, like at the hostile uh, home court advantage that is PBA, and stick with it and, and go grind out a win. But I was surprised to see him jump up to one. Well. I'll say this. I think a lot of the national talking heads, A, they like Fred. And and they should like Fred. But B, I think they've seen enough in Nebraska with their, their quad one schedule to know that, okay, Nebraska's not great. Are they a, are they a tournament team? Probably not. Don't know. But this, this is different. And they've seen it multiple times now where it's just not a – off night by the other guy. Nebraska's causing those off nights. And I know Florida State's a bit of a mess, and BC's not great, but you see some some comparative scores. Okay, who did BC just lose to? Oh, they lost to so-and-so by 10. Or Florida State was in it till about the five-minute mark or so. What's going on? Well, Nebraska's just better. They're just better. I think that's being uh, realized by... Folks at Fox, folks at ESPN, a number of the college basketball writers uh, noticed the difference in its grit, its toughness, and quite frankly, it's about the the, together, the togetherness with this Nebraska basketball team. That's the biggest uh, difference to me. Real quick, go to the phones. We got Moose on the line. Moose, go for it, bud. How are you? Hey, guys. Happy Monday. Uh... I just quickly, this team is becoming, the Nebraska basketball team is becoming one of my favorite squads of all time, right? I've been going to games, uh, I guess I will admit, for 40 years. And uh, you have to go back to when Coach Smith was coaching there mm-hmm. to find some of my other favorite squads. But this is, uh, they're right up there. They're a joy to watch. I felt like they deserved to win on Saturday. I'm not going to get into officiating or whatever, but. Uh, they're working hard. They don't give up. They share. They play defense. It's a fun squad to watch. I can't wait. It is, Moose. Hang on for us. Thanks so much. Okay. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Winding down hour one, plenty of Nebraska football. The official visit weekend, Brady Altman's with us next hour. Charlie McBride in 10 minutes. Moose, uh, finish your thoughts, bud. We wanted to give you a little bit more airtime here just because, well, you were up against it, bud. Uh, that shot clock was winding down, so go ahead. Yeah, that's the story of my life, Chris. Um, <laughs> I just think that, you know, would we love to see wins and tournaments and all that? Yeah. But I think uh, the majority of Husker Nation is knowledgeable enough to know that we want to see effort. We want to see good, hard effort, and they're hanging their hat on defense and rebounding, and it's, 
it's it's a lot of fun. And being in Pinnacle Bank on Saturday was that's how it's supposed to sound in there. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. But that that's how we want it. And uh, you know, we're season ticket holders, and we go regardless. But it's it's a lot more fun when you got a team to watch that that is a lot of fun to watch. I I, I don't know. What do you, your thoughts? Moose, thanks for the phone call. I think you hit all the pertinent points of what this team is and why this team's cheered for. It's their effort, it's their selflessness, and it's their buy-in for defense. They're tough, they're gritty, they just want to get the victory, they don't care how it happens. And it's a 180 from maybe the mentality of the past couple of teams where maybe you've had some more athletic ability or skill but you've got different agendas. You've got one agenda at this point in the season, and that's to go play for one another. And credit Fred, who is a guy that, that wants, to, wants to win offensively, but he just wants to win and he wants to, to stay in Lincoln and he wants to, to, to put a, a, a competitive and, and winning basketball team out there. And it's driven him nuts, I would think, that, it, it's gone the way it's gone, and, and he's had enough. So he's changed. He's shifted. I think Trev Albert sees that. I think you see the, the the social media response by Trev Elijah out there supporting the team. You, you over-delivered with Creighton with that wow win. Uh, you had a tough one against Indiana without Sam. And yeah, quite honestly, I mean, they, they were within striking distance of that ball game. They were down seven and took some stupid shots. Not always going to be perfect, but then to go out there and, and hang against Purdue is, is flat out remarkable. And uh, they just need to be better offensively, and time will tell if they can do that. But they're going to hang around because of what they have defensively, because of their buy-in, because of their commitment. Well, and this very well could be, even if it's a team that not goes 500, it could be a team that saves Fred's job around here in Nebraska because look at the student section on Saturday. Back when I was in school, not that long ago, you'd go talk to people, oh, you're going to watch the Husker basketball game tonight? The Husker basketball team plays tonight? People didn't know what was going on, but now there's an actual, it's, I don't want to call it must-see just yet, but people actually there's care buzz. to watch this. And when you combine it with the fact that Fred's put a couple guys in the NBA over the past couple seasons, if you can start turning the wins together, you can build something here at Nebraska. I mean, you can go sell it to recruits right now. I got two guys that I coached in the past three years. They're on terrible basketball teams, and they're going and doing well in the NBA. Think about what's going to happen once we start getting some wins. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's the, the goal. Uh, mission here uh, next weekend Go down to uh, Kansas City, get out of this four-game spurt uh, with a two-and-two mark. Get into Big Ten play with a very respectable three games over 500 against Power Five squads, and uh, get better. Get better uh, from three-point land or on offense with uh, multiple options. Coach McBride joins us next hour. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45, as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. 
By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. It's that time we welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself, a Monday with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, how was the weekend? How's the weather? The weather's great, and the weekend was good. It is, it's just overcast here, you know, all the time. <laughs> but it's... It's uh, the weather's been good. I mean, it's for this time of year. That is good to hear. Uh, it's kind of been dark and gloomy uh, a lot of the day today here, but uh, hoping that there's a little bit of sunshine. I would not bet on it, though. Uh, a little bit of sunshine for Nebraska football fans. I want to get your thoughts on the new defensive coordinator. He was Hired last week, officially, the statement went out Friday, Tony White was at Syracuse, and a number of people are are praising the hire. It's not a familiar hire for Matt Rule. It's somebody that he's never uh, worked with professionally. Now they did cross over player to coach at UCLA, and coach, he wants to be fast and aggressive on defense. How's that sound to you? Well, fast sounds good and aggressive sounds good. You know, anytime you get, you know, that have that philosophy a lot of times, I think it's, uh, you know, it's important um, that, you know, I think, you know, you, you, you do the same thing I think most coaches want to do is, you know, try to stop the run first and then, you know, force them into throwing the ball. Uh, it's the smart thing to do around here. I know they were they were able to play inside at Syracuse, and that that makes a difference too. You know, you don't get the weather <clears throat> like you do, you know, in some places. So, um, you know, you got a pretty good look at it. But to d- adjust your defense, if it's real windy, you know they're going to run the ball probably more and and throw the ball short. So that you know that makes a little bit of difference in what you're thinking. Coach, I want to get your thought. There's been a, a lot of reaction, not all positive, about the the style of defense. It's a three, three, five. And mm-hmm. what do you what do you I know Rocky Long's kind of the the godfather of the three three five, but what do you know about it? What do you think about it? How can it work? Well, I don't know anything about it really, to be honest with you. It's um, uh, it's it's giving your people a lot of chances to run. Your backers are, you know, you're sitting there with uh, you know three backers and three down linemen, so you have an extra DB. All you know, you're playing with a nickel back. Uh, who you can move around and do things with. And I assume, you you know, he's kind of an adjuster and he's a blitzer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it could be a good defense. I don't, 
I don't know on the edge what it's like. I don't. I I can see that it, it kind of limits your 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 blitzing maybe a little bit in some some cases. It may be you know maybe makes it more more of a blitz package uh, than I than I think. Um, but uh, you know that's another thing. If you want to be a pressure defense, if you're a man coverage defense or a zone. A lot of that, a lot of that makes a you know a big difference in in a defense. Uh, you know, you can go from very aggressive to you know very conservative. It you know, <clears throat> but it, it looks like they're going to have a chance to you know move around a little bit and uh, uh, you know you have to find have do you have the right personnel? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. <laughs> That that's a big thing, you know. You you better have three good backers that can run and cover and and things like that. Uh, so you know, and then who knows who's going to be here? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a good point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, you don't you don't really know. I and and I assume that then you have to go out and find somebody. You know, you're going to have to take somebody that uh, has left a place to play somewhere else, and uh, you know, I I would guess that they're not they weren't starters where they were, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're you know you're you're talking about maybe a, a good player but not a great player. Coach Troy McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Coach, you, you've just alluded to that the fact that it's all about getting the right personnel and to run the defense properly, but you're a guy who's always been a 4-3 guy, and I want to get your take. Do you still think the 4-3 is the the, the best defense to run, or, or why did you run the 4-3 as opposed to running a 3-4 or a 3-3-5? Just talk me through that for a second. Well, a little bit. A little bit it had to do with sometimes, you know, we, I don't think it was the total thing. I think we wanted to get uh, the backers in, we felt like they could cover better. We wanted to get pressure off the edge a little better than we did in the, uh, you know, in, in the odd front. Um, and then, and we wanted to be simple, and but we wanted to p- put ourselves in position to have blitz packages and keep the coverage the same. So we had a lot of different blitzes we could run, but we didn't change the coverage in it, and that that helped us quite a bit. Uh, we fooled our linebackers a lot, kept them up in the line of scrimmage sometimes and backed them off and sometimes to make it a little tough on the read to the quarterback and who's coming and who's not. Uh, so there were in disguises. If you can disguise your your secondary, uh, uh, that was the big thing with us is to try to disguise our secondary a little bit. And uh, so... You know, there were some some things that people didn't do. One was, like I said, one was fooling the linebackers and uh, uh, moving them up. And sometimes it looked like we had all our linebackers standing up in the line of scrimmage. And we we went up in there until the ball was snapped. And, and that's the thing you have to really work on. I mean, that doesn't happen overnight because people always bat. You'll see people fooling, but they're backing out of there before the play starts. <laughs> and so on and so forth, and and we were a gap responsibility team, so I think there's a lot of different styles of doing it. We had uh, guys standing, and when you have when you have a front with no outside guys up on the line of scrimmage, uh, you know you pretty much know, you know it's easy for your back, <clears throat> easier for your back to find out who's coming and who's not, <clears throat> who's not. 
and uh, you know I don't know how much they get involved with uh, with running that fifth back, defensive back as far as you know blitz and I'm not familiar with that and I'm sure there's a lot of tricks with that thing. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking the three three five and Tony White. Coach, you, we, we've touched on personnel a couple of different times, and when you switch to the four three, tell us a little bit what made you confident in in your personnel because you guys were different to get that speed on the field. You kind of right. went you went inside out with Ed Stewart, a safety that's playing backer. A lot of your safeties, like a Terrell Farley or Jamel Williams, those hybrid guys were so talented against the run, but, man, they were demons off the edge. And then, of course, your defensive line was super fast and could still stop the run. Right. That, well, that, that was the whole thing is, is we, we turned a lot of what you'd call good players down. You knew I can film, but they just didn't couldn't run mm. like we'd like them to. And uh, so – a lot of we weren't afraid to put our our uh, outside backers put their hands on the ground, so we really didn't move people into those positions. I mean, we recruited a little different with them. You know, they, you know, you don't. We we've had guys that were 195 to 10 in that area play, but most of them were somewhere in the 230 range, and um. You know, but they were they were uh, scorpions. I mean, they could they could really motor. And um, our linebackers were probably fastest players on our team. Um, uh, you know, some of them were sub. In that in those days, they were you know somewhere around ten six, ten five hundred meter guys. Wow, that could really really motor. And um, you know, I think Jamel and some of those guys ran in high school, and they. Jamel ran a, a hundred yard dash, and I know in Florida, I think it was nine four, was uh, you know was the time that he had down there. But he was a consistent nine five guy, and uh, you know, so we had those kind of those that kind of speed coming off the edge, and their tackles just couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> but the, if you look at a three-man front with a, out of out of a, a you know a, the old fifty-two or, mm-hmm. or three-four defense or whatever you want to call it, if you look at that and you take one defensive lineman out and add him with a speed guy, that that right away your team's faster. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we basically had guys that were really good athletes on the edge, and then we had. The Peter brothers and Danny Noonan, and you know we had we had guys inside that were you know basically they were big, strong, physical guys. Now our three tech, we we ran some offset nose out of that package, and we had um, um, you know some guys that could really move quick. It were, were quicker guys, uh, Mike Murray, and some of these people that were really. I mean, really beat the center, hit the gaps quick, and and were able to penetrate. Uh, so the, there's a different different kids would had would do a little different things. But normally we had instead of having three defensive linemen, we had two inside, and then the outside guys were what you would consider outside linebacker type guys. We ran some zone blitzes and some things like that, which they dropped. And, in fact, everybody on our front dropped at some point in time in our coverages. 
and uh, mostly it was the nose. In fact, at one time, Steve Warren, her nose was leading the team in interceptions with three. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell Steve about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had the best hands, too. I Believe it or not, he really did have good hands. I mean, he... He he really did, and he had he had a knack for for knocking balls down when in the pass rush. Some guys have it, and some guys don't, you know. But he did. He could he knocked quite a few balls down when he was rushing the passer, and you know. So <clears throat> there's those kind. But you, it it's easy to find personnel, um, you know. And and we made linebackers like Eddie Stewart was. One of them, he was so mad at me, you know, for a while because he was a strong safety, and that's what he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. He wanted to play in the secondary, but he was the strongest and the biggest of them, and he was fast, and and we moved him inside. And, of course, after he got used to it, he loved it and ended up being, <laughs> ended up being an All-American. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it depends on the – Depends a lot on on your on your on your recruiting. You have to really zero in on what what you're going to do. Yeah, coaching. That, that's where I was going to go next with it. We only got about two minutes left here, so uh, only a, a little bit of time. But I wanted to ask if you were building up a defense from scratch, bringing your scheme in from somewhere else, and, and trying to to make a new defense. Where would you start in recruiting? Well, what position group do you think is the most important to, to build a solid foundation for your defense? Well, the inside guys, the defensive line is really important. I mean, it, number one is we worked hard at not letting people off on the linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they had a scholarship, you know, <laughs> you know, we didn't want to save them all the way. But, you know, you, you, you want to try to keep the guys off, use your hands well, keep them off the backers if you can, as long as you can. Uh, a, a fraction of a second makes a difference because you can get a linebacker, uh, uh, keep him in a good enough position where he can still make a play and not overrun something or whatever. But uh, that, usually the two inside guys, were re- the defensive line, two inside guys are really important. I mean, the two tackles, one was a nose, but we played them in what we call two techniques, which was an even look. You know, right? We paid them head up. A lot of guys are offset and things like that, and uh, that way they didn't know what side we were going left or right. It was a little easier to, mm. you know, to disguise what we were doing. And people knew what we were doing. We just, we just played the blocking schemes better than they could block them. <laughs> That works. Charlie McBride with us a Monday with Charlie, Coach. It's awesome to spend time with you. We'll. Be sure to catch up next Monday and, and talk some more Nebraska football. We thank you kindly for your insight and, and taking time with us today. Okay, well, thank you for having me. I'll talk to you next week. Have a nice week. You too, Coach. Take care. Okay. Yep, I know. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride with us. A Monday with Charlie on Hale Varsity Radio. Just pretty insightful there with, all right, here's uh, – Here's how the old sausage was made. Get two badasses on the interior. Put speed to their right and left shoulder pad. Uh, get two more speed demons off the edge that are hybrid type guys that will kick your butt in the run game. Uh, have a guy like a, an Ed Stewart or a Phil Ellis or a Carlos Polk in the middle. And then, oh yeah, your secondary's on an island. 
uh, Baron Miles or Tyrone Williams or Ralph Brown, Mike Brown, Warfield. I mean, we're, we're naming NFL people all throughout. And there's an NFL guy that starts, and then there's a future NFL guy that backed up and a future NFL guy who backed up uh, the second team guy and the first team guy. See, whenever he said it, it sounded a lot more simple than however you just laid it out. You laid it out there, and I go, wow. <laughs> I mean, he, they, they developed. They absolutely identified and developed some big names and some guys that turned into big names. Uh, are some big names on the horizon. Brady Altman's talks official visit weekend next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. A Monday edition. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Great stuff from Charlie McBride. We welcome in Brady Oltman's staff writer with Hale Varsity all over this official visit weekend at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Now, uh, Elijah, we've, we've got to be a little careful, and this isn't on you, but apparently there's uh, someone who's uber active here on the uh, stream yard that is trying to get dates for all of us yeah i've been uh, i've been working to block out some of those comments here i i'll even pass on saying the the website name yeah, we, just keep we, on saying it's no free shout outs this monday it's it's a new ai dating site that is apparently great at, at matching you up with mm. singles in your area so mm. So there you go. Now I'm I'm, hey, I'm I'm in the market. I've been thinking I know, about clicking. I know, I know you're. <laughs> no, you're in the market. I'm. Uh, I am not. <laughs> I am. I am not in the market. Uh, Brady, Nebraska, in the market for all sorts of help here with uh, the rule regime. And first, thanks for joining us, man. Secondly, great stuff tracking down, running down all of these commitments. Uh, three so far for Nebraska. Kai Whelan, let's start with him. Juco edge defender. I know Utah liked him. He's out of Sacramento uh, American River Community College. Tell me what you like about this edge guy, 6'5", 230. Well, his frame stands out immediately. I mean, he's going to be a guy that I think you get into Matt Rule's system and that developmental uh, collegiate weight program, especially the new uh, facility, the Go Big Project that they've got there. Um you're you're gonna have three three applicable seasons in four years for this kid. I mean, he's he's a freshman, only played one year at JUCO, so you're gonna have some some good miles on him. Um, he's he's a tough guy. He's kind of a, a gritty, as he likes to describe himself, uh, big on that big frame and can kind of move in what Tony White likes to do with that defense. He could either stand up and be a two point stance end, or he can shift in one of those linebacker roles. So. Um, he's he's an interesting get, and I, he's one that the previous coaching staff offered as well, and then one that this one really wanted to go after. Specialty off the edge, got to be getting to the quarterback, but how is he about setting the edge, in your opinion? I think he he definitely could be better, but I think you 
he are he already starts with a, a little bit of advantage with his frame alone i mean he's going to be a guy that is just tough to move off the ball in general and i think that that's going to help nebraska in the long run in any way that they want to go and whether he's playing on the second level or playing at on the line of scrimmage at the end. Brady, you said that should help Nebraska in the long run, but are there any guys that, you know, Nebraska's talking to right now could uh, already be committed that you think could be guys that are contributors next year? Maybe not as starters, but guys that are going to see the field and, you know, their their confidence is going to go up as the year goes on and maybe by the end of the year they could be in something closer to a starting role, similar to what we saw with a guy like Ernest Hausman this year? Um, So far, I think, um, I feel... It's tough because you kind of got to look at where they're at right now on the depth chart and where they would fit in well because um, I think Riley Van Poppel is one that I think immediately stands out. He's a guy that's bought in, um, not one of the recent commits, but he's one of the guys that's bought into this coaching staff and was a commit already. I think he's got the mentality that he's ready to go in and get some minutes, and he could potentially on the interior line. He could definitely you know squeeze some minutes out of there. Um, if there's any guys committed right now, I think it's going to be tough. Um, some of these um, athletes and these edge uh, position players might be able to squeeze a couple of good playing style minutes out there. But I think that the best immediate impact guys are the ones that are um, on the on the verge of committing uh, in the next couple of weeks. What feel do you have right now with uh, the 16 kids that were here? There'll be more visits clearly before December 21st. You know, who are some prospects you feel pretty good about with nebraska um it's going to be really interesting um i think right off the bat jalen lloyd from omaha west side is going to announce his commitment on saturday this upcoming saturday he took his official visit this last weekend it's he's in a really interesting spot um i just talked with some coaches earlier today they all like him you know really liked him as a high school prospect and then he was scheduled to make his announcement, his commitment, but strictly for track, you know, earlier. And then he got like a stomach bug or, and lost his voice and had to postpone his, de- his commitment. And then lo and behold, two days later, he gets an offer from Nebraska to actually play football and I believe do track as well. So he's going to announce his commitment on Saturday. That could potentially be a big get. And he's... Um, <laughs> They've kind of teased uh, Tristan Alvano with that mm-hmm. as a West Side duo um, to commit pretty soon here. So I know Tristan also really liked the new coaching staff on his visit, uh, feels good about it, and wants to – he wants to be part of the early signing period but might commit earlier than that. So we'll see what the future holds. If Alvano is in, Brady, do you think we'll be talking about, you know, fall camp storylines, a, a, a kicking competition potentially? He definitely could. I mean, crying out loud, it's and that's no that's no shade on Timmy Bleak Road. I mean, it's just a testament to the kind of guy that that Tristan is coming in or or would be coming in. When you're hitting 57 yarders at the high school level and you're you know being sought by Alabama and, and teams of that ilk, you're you know your job's in jeopardy. So you're gonna have to really bring it. Uh, there have been a couple of place kickers or kickers on Nebraska's depth chart, you know, walk-ons or guys in there that have already entered the transfer portal. So they, I think they're, I mean, they were, their days were numbered seeing the field anyway, with or without Tristan Alvano. And the, we'll, we'll see, but it, I, I definitely think if, if Tristan were to commit to Nebraska, I think there's an absolute day one competition there. Schmitty, for what it's worth, I think if we do have a couple segments, you know, back to back to back this fall in the potential mm-hmm. kicking competition, I think the listeners would eat it up. Everyone loves, everyone loves kicking. That's one of the most, you know, 
electric positions on a football they, field. They love be, be kickers that, that make kicks, you know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Just imagine the calls we would get in if we're trying to spend a whole segment talking no, about the kickers. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, if there's Alex Henry moments, yeah, sure. We'll talk about the uh, the drive and the miraculous kick heard round Husker Nation. <laughs> Till then, <laughs> we're going to spend some time here on, on, on more of the prospects. You've got uh, corner Sincere. Uh, Safe Alua, uh, he is uh, an IM, IMG kid, and uh, let's get a lowdown on him real quick, Brady, and again, can log on hailvarsity.com and, and check out Brady's uh, reports on these, and just uh, as a side note, you've also got uh, GBR, the promo code you can enter in to save 10 bucks on the, the, the magazine and digital subscription just so you know the, that Husker fan in your life you can take care of but back to sincere uh, IMG always kind of rise uh, raises my eyebrows just because of uh, their their pedigree yeah um, immediately what stood out to me looking at his film is he's he's got that big frame physical but he is tough he likes to press receivers he likes to be physical at the line and he's got the quickness and speed to recover if he, you know, breaks, if they break contain on him and they get behind him. So he's going to be able to kind of um, be physical at the line, hold blocks, shed blocks to potentially get, a, you know, help out in the run stop game. And then if, if he, if a receiver were to kind of get behind him here in the Big Ten, he's got the makeup speed to be able to cover some ground and get there. So it's, it's really impressive. And like you said, with IMG, the way that they like to build kids up, I mean, that's where Nebraska's got a couple of guys uh, that they're looking at. They just offered another kid out of originally out of Tennessee that went to the same uh, defensive back camps as sincere. So they, they like what they're seeing there. And when you see it on film, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious why you'd want this kid. You, you would want to get this kid in the program. Brady, let's talk about William Pop Watson as uh, he flipped his commitment from Nebraska to Virginia Tech, which wasn't all that surprising, I don't think. But do we have any sort of update on what type of quarterbacks Nebraska could be going after now to, to replace Pop Watson? Um, it's going to be really interesting. I think you're seeing now they, they are appealing to Jeff Sims, the former Georgia Tech quarterback in the transfer portal. They like him. I haven't really heard anybody um, that they're really seeking after in terms of the 2023 class for a quarterback. Um, they might be trying to uh, to keep an eye on somebody in the Philly area, Philly, or uh, on, even on the West Coast, make a last-ditch push. I mean, Nebraska coaching staffs uh, historically have really got some pretty good quarterbacks that way, you know, just before signing day and everything. But I, I wonder if part of it is they've got – if they can get Sims in and they get some guys filled in, then 2024 and the classes beyond, you've got some really appealing um, quarterback prospects out of those classes. And like you said, I mean, once Mark Whipple wasn't going to be at Nebraska, I think Pop Watson's days were, were gone. Those guys go back quite a ways, and, and there's a pretty good allegiance there. So it's a, it's a tough loss for Nebraska, but kind of one you, one you saw coming. Well, you uh... – Pop, we, we talked to his father and really talented kid, kind of a comp of a Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, when we look at athleticism, height, and just arm strength and just more of a mobile guy, that's the guy that, that really took and solidified the spot. Nebraska and Whipple didn't go after, uh, of course, uh, the kid everybody wants, and that's uh, Flores. 
uh, out of Gretna. And now Nebraska has neither quarterback. Of course, Flores is off to Okie State, but now Pop isn't even coming to Lincoln here for this 2023 class. So, Brady, can you play quarterback? <laughs> What's the eligibility um, well. like? <laughs> no, I've got uh, my mobility is shot at this point. See, I remember having a, a big discussion with my friends whenever Kendall Hinton got the start for the Broncos about what my stats would be if I were to step into an NFL game. And I thought, you know what? I could maybe get 25% completion percentage. One out of four, check down. Well, I was thinking like, you know, a four for 12 day, a four for 16 day would be respectable. And then he went out there and was like zero completions with one interception. And they only gave him like six attempts at it. And I went, you know what? I may have been wrong there. Maybe I, I couldn't play quarterback at the mm-hmm. NFL level for one game. I, I thought screen passes at least would be doable. Got to have touch, Elijah. Now, I don't worry about you seeing over the line uh, in, in that aspect. but I, I have overthrown a pitcher from uh, my umpiring days, like uh, trying to toss it back. I've overthrown the pitcher once or twice, and that's always the most embarrassing mm-hmm. feeling. That's like the reality check of, ah, I don't think I can make it in the NFL. Brady Altman's with us. Brady, hang on for us if you can. We'll dive into uh, the offensive side of the ball with uh, Quentin Ives. Uh, get your take on him here coming up, so hang tight. We're up against a break. And a reminder to you this holiday season and beyond, uh, please buckle up. Uh, There's a lot of holiday parties going on. Uh, Maybe you're having a good time. Maybe you have uh, one too many. But uh, when push comes to shove, you drink, you drive, you lose. Uh, Get that Uber call to get the the Lyft taken care of. Get a cab, but get a safe way home. And uh, don't get behind the wheel when you drink. Uh, One out of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you don't drink? Why take chances if you drink? Don't drive. And this message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. More on a big official visit weekend. And while we're talking uh, holidays here, I want Brady's take on uh, white elephant gifts. I, I need some help with that. Okay. So I think he might be the person to ask. Maybe chew on that for a second during the break, Brady. Good work. Come back on that. I uh, Usually it's... I don't know, 10 15 bucks, right? That's what I'm saying. $25 limit, Brady. Give, give me some ideas. I'm struggling. All right, and Hale Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Brady Oltmans continues on with this big recruiting weekend for Nebraska. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And find us all on Twitter at. Uh, Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah at Brady Oltman's for Brady on Twitter. And the Nebraska skill position uh, commit, Quentin Ives out of Beverly, New Jersey, 6'3", 180. And he's played running back. He's played wide out. Uh, what what do you feel his fit is? What what part of the, the offensive side of the ball do you think Nebraska will or could use him at? I, the hybrid's great, but... Is he more of a running back lean or a wide receiver lean? Uh, I imagine he'll play running back. Uh, I just talked with his high school coach earlier today, and he's he's one of the EJ Barthol guys because um, he was they had a good connection built up. Was going to go to UConn, and then basically before it was announced, EJ texted the head coach and said, "Hey, I'm going to go to Nebraska." And as the, as the coach told me, he didn't even have time to hit send on his message before EJ said, and I want, and, and I want Quentin to come with me, uh, was the follow-up. He's a guy that is actually kind of relatively new to football. He, I think he just started playing about two years before his freshman year. 
And he, when he arrived, because I think he's initially from Virginia, mm-hmm. when he arrived in New Jersey, he um, had to sit out the first couple games because he didn't have enough practices built up uh, to play right away. And uh, as the coach was telling me, he's just kind of grown, grown into his body, grown into the ability of knowledge on the field. But his explosiveness, his intangibles is what caught him. Uh, There was a game this year where, you know, he breaks through the middle. And then it looks like, as the coach told me, looked like about three guys, three defenders had him. You know, they had a good pursuit angle on him at the 50. And then that's when the burners came on and nobody was going to catch him after that. Um, it's one of those things that it doesn't show up on on the stat sheet, but when you see it on film, you point to it and you say, okay, we got to get that guy. And I think that that just falls in line with, with EJ Barthol. It fits in line with the, the rural coaching staff and what they're looking for in the skill position, guys. Brady, we have a comment in on YouTube from Juan saying that uh, he thinks Ives is, is similar to Maurice Washington. Do you have a, a pro comp or a college comp for, for this guy? Um, Maurice is interesting. That might be the best one that comes off the top of my head. Um, cause I can't really, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who exactly would be. I mean, he, he would be kind of a more dynamic back, but I think he's a little bit built to be a little bit more physical than like a Ramir Johnson would be. Um, he's, he's going to be more suited to, to picking up blitzes and more suited to lowering the shoulder and kind of trucking for an extra three yards than Ramir would be. But I think that makes him more valuable and more dynamic of what they want to do with Marcus Satterfield's offense and then just by playing in the Big Ten by nature. So a, a poor man's Jamal Charles, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I like do that. we go with Jamal Charles as you have the 4-2? <laughs> I, I said poor man's for now. <laughs> uh, what's what's the, the, the top end of that frame? You think they get him to 220? I think they could. Um, I, it's really weird because I think it's all up in the air. They could really do a whole lot with these guys. I mean, the players were coming out seeing what is now in the Big Red Project or the go big project, I guess, and that new facility and they're in, in awe. And I know that that's one thing that the administration wanted it to be was the premier development facility. And I haven't been in there for a couple of weeks now, but I know that it's still on track to open up in the summer and they want to get the, you know, the next team in there before the season starts. So I, I mean, they had an impressive weight room before I've, I can't imagine what they're going to do with an even better one and a, you know, a more uh, studious nutrition and, uh, and all that kind of staff. What did you think of rules halftime with Nebraska Purdue? Man, if you ever if you ever feel down about Nebraska football, just send Matt Rule out there to give a speech, and he'll rally the troops and, and you know find the nearest wall, and and it'll go down quick. But it's <laughs> I think it's one of those things that it's it's one of those things where you always date the opposite of your ex kind of thing. Uh, for a long time there, Scott Frost was never going to be the guy that you cart out at halftime to rally the troops and say, you know, give us a fiery speech kind of thing. Uh, and then you have the dynamics of where Frost, when he was introduced, was, you know, at the suite and balloons and stuff up. And it was kind of red tie and shaking hands, whereas Matt Rule gets introduced on the practice field. And he's he's there to, you know, get everybody excited in the middle of a top five basketball game. Um, it's 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 just that dichotomy that strikes me, and then obviously they don't even have a full coaching staff yet, and they're already getting you know four recruits in two days committed to Nebraska, and they've got guys committing before they even arrive on campus. So it's just it's a stark contrast, but it's one of the reasons why I think Mark Rule and was so appealing mm-hmm. uh, to Trev Alberts during the search. In your opinion, better or worse than that infamous Brian Kelly halftime speech where he went Southern accent, calling everyone his family. <laughs> um this was well, genuine <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you can get any worse than that I mean, he was, he, 
he was on a mission, but it wasn't, you know, the, uh, it wasn't the same Baton Rouge uh, mission that Brian <laughs> Kelly tried to sell, sell right away. I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> you want to jump in here with White Elephant here? Oh, yeah. So, Brady, the, the family's got a $25 White Elephant gift exchange for the extended family to come together. And I've said, with the price of inflation, I think maybe we need to raise that 25 up to 30 this year. But I digress. Do you have any suggestions for White Elephant gifts under $30? Could be serious. Could be some sort of gag gift. I've been known to go with the gag gift in my day. So just want to get your take on, on any recommendations. I'm running dry. Uh, a solid one for me is get them a Christmas themed uh, set of socks that jingle like the high uh, just about calf level socks that jingle because it's really funny and you hold them up and you have a chuckle. But then sure enough, in the middle of January, they're wearing them around the house and it's practical and it keeps the feet warm. So, I mean, you have that fun about it right away, but then practicality, they're actually going to wear those socks. So That's good. that might be a good one. Gonna get back to football because I'm not a gift giver. Uh. <laughs> See, and my recommendation right back is uh, I've had good success with uh, cheese balls, the big old yeah, tub. the tub, the big old tub because it gets wrapped up and never goes. What's in the big thing? And they shake it and they go, I'm not sure what's in there. They open it up and it's cheese balls. And who doesn't love cheese balls? It's pretty good. Wide receiver coach, any feel, Brady? Couple of spots to fill out on offense. Uh, I I've. I haven't heard a name that gets repeated. I've asked around. I've asked a couple of people in the coaching circles. Who have they heard? What are the names being thrown out there? And nobody's really saying the same name twice. You know, it's there's never really, and there hasn't been anybody that's kind of materialized as the you know point to them and say there you go kind of thing. Uh, there have been some names that have been shopped to me about Matt Rule that usually end up on his staffs, uh, either along somewhere along the way in Temple, Baylor, or Carolina that aren't here yet. But I think that there are guys who might have, like Jake Peets, was in line, but then ultimately had a change of heart and didn't want to come to Nebraska or, or liked where they were at now mm-hmm. and want to see it through. So I, as of right now, I haven't really heard a, um, a front-runner name come through yet, but that could definitely change by the end of the week. Well, they're, uh, they're getting it finished up, and they're doing a marvelous job. Real quick, about uh, – 20 seconds here. What's on the horizon for Nebraska recruiting as far as schedule and then this next weekend? Oh, well, right now they've, they're looking at another dozen, a little bit over a dozen official visits next weekend. Um, a couple of the guys who are already committed, but they also are getting guys that, um, that haven't committed yet that they're hoping to get sealed the deal, either JUCO or uh, high school recruits that are coming in this upcoming weekend. So it's going to be kind of a two, two strong weeks for them. Mm. Brady, we uh, will uh, no doubt uh, commandeer you Friday again if you got time to give us that OV list, all right? Absolutely. Good to see you, man. Appreciate your time. There he is. Good stuff uh, all weekend from Brady Altman's HaleVarsity.com and uh, magazine. Brady's story as well, in-depth with the Nebraska defense, that three three five. Really good research from Brady on that. Please read that. A wind-down of Monday. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, tomorrow on the show, Mitch Sherman will join us uh, from The Athletic. And then 
uh, excited to uh, to talk some college football, some NFL, and uh, do that uh, with uh, our friend from the Sporting News. It's been way too long since Bill Bender's been with us, so we'll dive in there. Cam Taylor-Britt getting a game ball from Zach Taylor is really cool. And uh, Joey Football getting his first win over Cleveland. That was interesting. And since he's hot, man, playing good ball, Buffalo kind of slept walked but survived the Jets. And I hate to, to do this, or, or the suit, Rob, was in donkey land yesterday. He was at the, the Broncos-Chiefs game. And wow, what a uh, second half by Denver. Has Russell woken up yet? <laughs> Good question. I, I loved the effort from Russell Wilson trying to power in near the goal line. I uh, did not like the result, though. He was knocked out of the game, and you knew you were uh, kind of screwed as a Broncos fan with Brett Rippon behind center, so that was unfortunate. But I like the fight from the Broncos. It's kind of been the story of the season of just not enough whenever it matters, especially on the offensive end. So that was disappointing. The Broncos have now lost, I believe, 16 straight games. You're eliminated. Oh, I'm, I'm well aware. You don't have to remind me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know the Broncos have been eliminated. And Nathaniel Hackett should be eliminated from the head coaching position here soon. So there's always good news on the horizon. Bad news on the horizon is the Broncos aren't going to get that top three pick that they've worked so hard for this season. So that <laughs> that's what uh, what made me cry to sleep last night. But yeah, the Broncos, it's, it's, it's all sun, sunshine in Broncos country whenever... The Avalanche and the Nuggets start playing, so. Hey, that's uh, something to look at and say, all right, we can switch and transition to, to winning or, or winning franchises anyway. But, no, I mean, Denver was down 27 a rip. Oh, yeah. I was playing Mahomes in fantasy, and I was kind of hoping they'd, I don't know, start running the football. Uh, no, they ended up hanging on. Well, do you guys lose points in your league for picks? Ah, see, that would be huge if – if uh, you lost points because Mahomes threw three picks yesterday, two of them to former Iowa standout Josie Jewell, former Iowa standout linebacker. That one pick was nuts. The one where he laid out? Yeah, with his palms pointed towards the football. Well, he had, he had two really good picks. Then you had Sertan somehow pick one off the grass. I don't know how he caught. But Sertan's awesome. Sertan's awesome. Josie Jewell's awesome. The Broncos, not awesome. No, they can't play quarterback. Hey, at least, though, there was that positive note, which was Cam Taylor-Britt sealing the win for the Bengals. And he had a rough first couple weeks to start where he was mm-hmm. getting picked on a lot. And you can see him growing into that role for the Bengals and comes up big on third goal, third and goal and fourth and goal at the end of that game to go secure a win for the Bengals. So fully you, deserved game Would ball. you have enough guts to walk up to Tom Brady and have him sign the football you intercepted from him? Because that happened yesterday. I think I would in an average season from Tom Brady where you know they're 12-2 and two at this point in the season and, and you can go up and do that and less feel less bad. In a season like this, after everything that's gone down off the field for, for, Pat, or for Tom Brady, that takes some balls. Mm-hmm. That takes some balls to go do it that. It does. It does. You know, it also takes some balls from, uh, from Purdy yesterday to go out and perform like that. That was like big. That, that was huge. Uh, San, Fran, San Fran's a well-built machine and there's a lot of coaches... Uh, coaching elsewhere that Shanahan's put together. Uh, final thought again: prayers, hugs to the Leach family as we are continuing to pull for the Pirate and his family. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow at four on Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. 
coming up on Monday's show. Sports editor and columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra, Sam McEwen, talking all the latest Husker news. From SB Nation, Ricky O'Donnell will catch us up on the latest basketball tournament picture and anything else that pops up over the weekend. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning.